You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And the man across the studio is Scott Chasen of Fog.net. And Scott asked me to say something about puka in the open, so here we go. Hey, Scott, when I was a kid, I had a puka shell ne- necklace. Hmm, very, I, I might have been asking about that, or Puka Williams deciding oh. to declare for the NFL draft. We might talk about that a little bit later on. It's one or the other fits. I am interested in hearing more about this necklace, though. It was really sexy. Went tan and it was, okay, anyhow. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, on Twitter at the drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at GoPowerCat and Fog.net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, at the mid-season point of Kansas State's football schedule, fits the Wildcats were 4-1. and one. They finished the season with a 4-6 and six record, so what caused this five-game losing streak for Chris Kleiman's Wildcats? You know, they ran into tougher opponents to start with. I mean, they came off the Kansas game and had Oklahoma State, and then they went to West Virginia and caught a, a, the Mountaineers on a great day, and then they got Iowa State right when they were beginning to come to life. Uh, it just kind of all spiraled. And I think we saw yesterday in ba- how Baylor played Oklahoma that Baylor's not the same team it has been. Uh, and K-State should have won that game, probably should have won the Oklahoma State game but they just weren't good enough to finish in some of those games. Too many mistakes, uh, you know, just kind of uh, all snowballed on Kansas State. And boy, the Longhorns came to Manhattan, Kansas with something to prove. And they made that K-State defense look non-existent. And, and honestly, they were kind of out of players. They, they've had some transfers, which is a problem. They've had COVID issues, which is a problem. They've had some injuries, which is another problem. They started Eli Sullivan, a linebacker at safety, and guess what? He got injured. So they were really low on personnel on the defensive side of the ball. But man, they just looked like a team that was exhausted from everything they've been through this season. They looked slow, they looked unmotivated, and Texas just looked like the much, much better football team. And we knew they were coming into the game physically better, but man, they just made K-State look so bad. And I think this season just started to mount on K-State. It all started to spiral as the season went on. And honestly, uh, I got accused of saying the team quit. The team didn't quit. The team just is shot. They're just tired. Uh, And uh, I'll be interested to see, and we'll talk about this in a little bit later in the show, if K-State chooses to go in a bowl game. But uh, as of right now, I think these guys are ready to take a little break. The young guys are going to get some work here until bowl announcements are made. If Kansas State can get into a bowl at four and six is another question. But I, I'm telling you what, Scott, it just looked like they were done, man. They were just so tired. And yet the offense, which has been the focus of so much criticism, moved the ball very well against Texas and scored 31 points for the second straight week. For the second straight week, 31 wasn't enough. 
Not nearly enough when you lose 69 to 31. Yeah. Fitz, when you have a big injury early in the year, it puts so much more on every other player to step up their game. You could say eventually, hey, that, that becomes taxing and tiring. You yep. may have caught up with them. Yep, exactly. Scott, last week you told us about Jalen Wilson, and I appreciate it. Yesterday, it was a newcomer who helped Kansas escape a sloppy performance against North Dakota State. Tell us what you saw on Saturday. Well, Chris Kleiman's North Dakota State. No, I'm just kidding. This is actually <laughs> basketball. And yeah, look, Jalen Wilson's been the star of the season. But on Saturday, a guy who kind of came out of nowhere was Tyon Grant Foster, uh, a JUCO transfer originally from the Kansas City area. And he just made a number of plays that ended up kind of being, you know, all sort of the biggest in the game set up by some boring, you know, just doing the right stuff early on. You see a put back he had there on the offensive glass. This was the guy in the first half who only shot one for three, who only had two points, uh, and yet he continued to get minutes, continued to play throughout the game. You might ask, why is that? Well, if you know anything about Bill Self, uh, he doesn't necessarily care if you're on fire and making a bunch of threes. You can ask Brandon Green about that. He averaged 12 minutes a game while shooting 49% from three. Uh, you have to play defense, you have to rebound, you have to be in the right spots. And what you just saw on your screen, Tyon Grant Foster did those things. It allowed him to play 14 second half minutes. He played 22 minutes on the game. He hits the go-ahead layup, the basket, where he noticed the floor was kind of spread, and because Kansas had shooters in the corner, there wasn't going to be help. Took it to the basket, hit the go-ahead layup to go up by one. On the other end, he forces an offensive foul with close defense. The North Dakota State player has to push off just to create that little bit of separation. The referee calls it. Kansas doesn't score. You go back down on defense and he comes up with a block. He had two blocks, he had two steals, he had eight points, he had eight rebounds. Uh, this was a very complete performance for a guy who, quite frankly, had looked lost in the rotation at times. I mentioned what you can do to get on the court at Kansas. You can do a lot more to not get on the court fits. And, and what that is is just little mistakes, positioning. You know, I remember Sam Cunliffe transferring to Kansas from Arizona State. It felt like he fouled one jump shooter and maybe took a bad shot, and then he never played. He was used in mop-up time and, and never really got the chance to get on the court. Tyon Grant Foster is figuring this out in his transition from JUCO. I listened to an assistant, a KU assistant, say it typically takes six months for JUCO guys to get acclimated to the level of competition you face at Kansas. Maybe it's coming a little early for uh, Grant Foster, but this was a big time performance. That's interesting stuff. Here's other good stuff. Scott, you were one of two Kansas beat writers to make the trip to Indianapolis for the Champions Classic, kind of a private venue for you. <laughs> yeah. You, you've also experienced an empty Allen Fieldhouse. What do you make of this new world of college hoops? It is weird. And, and the indie the indie experience was terrific because the acoustics in that building, Bankers Life Fieldhouse, a 20,000-seat arena, uh, I mean, you could hear every word that was said on the court. I heard Bill Self yell to the refs and, and get a technical foul. Yeah, you can hear the yelling, but what I heard after that was a Kentucky player turn to John Calipari and say, hey, are we running the same play again? You could hear every word <laughs> spoken on that court fits. And, you know, I felt like it was really interesting in terms of just learning about um, how these teams operated. I came away pretty impressed with John Calipari just in terms of how much teaching uh, he does during a game and yeah there were a couple of technical fouls called on KU players and you got to hear uh, what was said there too. Allen Fieldhouse is a little different. The acoustics aren't as good. It's obviously a very old building uh, but man that was a flat environment. I think there were 65 family members of players and coaches in attendance and uh, yeah, the Jayhawks looked flat. It was their fifth game in 10 days, so maybe a little tired from playing so many games to start the year, but uh, college basketball is different without the energy. I think it's a lot worse, Fitz. Uh, I, I really don't like it, but it's what we need right now. Yeah, you know, K-State is 
allowing in 1,500 people in the Bramlage Coliseum now. Uh, they may not get that, uh, but uh, it is very strange in K-State, uh, you can hear Bruce Weber. I don't know if that's good or bad, but you can hear him. <laughs> and this team needs a lot of instruction, so you hear him a lot. Uh, it's just a very, very strange thing. Me personally, I'm not going to anything right now. I'm still kind of hunkered down with my underlying conditions, and, and I won't be going to Bramlage. But uh, my guys that are going said it's just very strange. The media is spread out. And uh, the weirdest thing about how Bramlage is set up is there's no tunnel access. There's no media room. There's nothing that beat writers can do except go up and down the stairs. Need to use the restroom, climb the entire set of stairs to the top, need to bite to eat, go up top. Uh, and that alone eliminated me. That's, that's too much work. <laughs> that's what it was. I think 2,500 fans fits for the next three KU games, about 15% capacity. It'll be uh, reevaluated after yeah, that, too. Very interesting. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question. On Kansas State, the Wildcats starting the year 0-2 with losses to Drake in Colorado. So we asked, how many games are they going to win in Big 12 play out of a possible 18? And we look at the results. Most people say in three through five, that's 55% of the vote. Uh, 32% of people, nearly a third, saying zero to two wins for the Wildcats in Big 12 play. 11% of people saying six to eight. And the other 2% of people saying nine plus. You know, Scott, I'd never think I'd look at these results and look at answer B as a great deal of optimism for 55% <laughs> of the voters, but here we are. This week's question is this. Who do you believe is the best player on KU's basketball team this season? Here are your answers. I am not among them. A, Marcus Garrett. B, Ochi Abaji. C, Jalen Wilson. D, other. That other guy keeps showing up in our mm -hmm. polls. And vote on the, our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 Other's really impressive. Other's he's really, he's a nice shot. Last game. Yeah. Uh, well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill. But we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. And the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Fitz, K-State can still go to a bowl game with a 4-6 and six record, so two questions for you. First, should the Wildcats go to a bowl? And, and then second, will they get a bowl invite? Well, it's, it's interesting this year. Technically, everyone is eligible. Uh, so we were just having this discussion before we started. You know, Kansas can continue practicing until bowl announcements because technically Kansas is eligible for a bowl this season. Uh, so everyone has a kind of a two-week window here in the Big 12 if you're not playing next week uh, to go ahead and practice. I don't think K-State will get an invite at 4-6. and six. If you look through the bowls, um, you know, I think everything's going to be filled up before they get to K-State. I think the Big 12 has one less pick this year than normal. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, indications are, though, if they get an invite, they're going to go. I'm not sure that's exactly a great idea right now, but, you know, all the old ideas still stand true. 
you want the practice, you want the extra time, and Chris Kleiman wants the makeup time with his players that he didn't have with spring football. But here's my thought, is if teams miss spring football and they need added time, why can't the NCAA give them more time? Why can't you have a few more practices in the spring if you didn't have spring football? Mm -hmm. This should be addressed. You shouldn't have to go to a bowl game and perpetuate a season you know that maybe the players want to be over because the pandemic lockdown stinks. And now you're talking about locking them down all through the holidays without much family time at all. So I don't know if it's a great idea to go to a bowl, but I appreciate why they want to go to the bowl, which is get better. Scott, I, four and six, you're looking at maybe going four and seven if you lose the bowl. Mm -hmm. Ah, I mean, it just makes everything worse. But then again, maybe you can get back a win and feel a little bit better than you do finishing off your season with a 69-31 loss. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and who knows? It never hurts, too, from the recruiting perspective of things, just to point up there and say, hey, another bowl game. Every year I've been here, we've been going to bowls. So, uh, no, I, I think there are reasons for and against, even a place like Kansas. Now, obviously, if Kansas got invited, I would expect them to go because they haven't been to a bowl in a decade plus. But, uh, yeah, it's a different conversation, and everyone will have to make it. I expect some teams will not expect uh, accept bowl invites this year. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we're going to just see some teams say, you know what, this has been a weird year, let's move on. But I wish the NCAA would address those programs that didn't get spring football should have some kind of benefit coming in terms of extra practices. Well, Scott, it was a busy Saturday for Kansas. The football team almost upset Texas Tech in Lubbock. That caught me off guard, by the way. I mm -hmm. looked at the score and went, what? <laughs> uh, how close did the Jayhawks come to this upset? Well, they were really close. They had two drives at the end of the game. Uh, they turned it over on downs both times where they were essentially driving to win the game. They had another play uh, where they took over deep in Texas Tech territory after a fumble recovery and uh, or another drive, I should say, where they had the chance to, to go score, get a touchdown. And again, uh, as was the case for most of the game for both teams, really, they came away with three. The Kansas defense was Really, really good, except for a couple of plays. You see that wide receiver reverse on your screen, and that was one of them. But what it was, it was a defensive effort uh, with a couple of guys forcing fumbles. You see Marcus Harris there, a redshirt freshman, doesn't make the tackle initially, stays with the play, punches it out. Kansas forced three fumbles on the play uh, on the day that were taken away and recovered by the Jayhawks. They also had an interception. Daniel Hyshaw rushed for the lone uh, Kansas touchdown run. But Fitz, when I look at what the Kansas defense did on the day, I, I was really impressed mostly with how uh, they continued to stand up and fight and battle because at times we've seen uh, the defense fall apart. Things aren't going well. The offense isn't helping them out. And in this game, Kansas had a ton of three and outs. I believe they had eight drives without a first down out of 14. So that's more than half of your drives where the defense comes up with a stop or holds them to a field goal or does whatever. And then the offense says, nope, here you go. Here's the ball back. Come right back on the field. Karan Prunty on the defense. He's a freshman defensive back had about as good of a day as you could possibly have playing cornerback. He had an interception on a tip ball in the end zone that probably saved Kansas from giving up a touchdown. He forced a fumble. He again continues to be great in coverage. Teams had really avoided him. They'd stopped going to him altogether just because he's arguably the most talented player left on this Kansas roster. So why would you try the one guy who might be an all big 12 caliber defensive back when you can go a lot of other places and, and really not find that talent? Texas Tech tried him uh, over and over. He had multiple pass breakups. He did get whistled for one penalty, I thought, was maybe a questionable call, but he had a great day. Nate Betts, another fill-in safety, forced a fumble. Uh, 
he had a big day and then uh, really fits it was a collective effort the offense just faltered fourth down play calling was horrible a lot of runs up the middle and, and none of them seemed to work Okay, and now we step out of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 40 years. Well, pandemic sports comes with unexpected delights, such as BYU going all the way to Coastal Carolina on two, day, uh, two days' notice in a game between two undefeated teams. Fitz BYU was favored by 10 points, and Coastal won the game 22-17, to 17, but aren't the fans the real winners here? Yeah, and us. <laughs> I, I turned on this game, and, and it was great. It was great, and, I, and we're going to see a lot of this in basketball. We already are. I mean, Kansas State just announced a Tuesday game with Fort A. State that substitutes in for another game. Uh, and I love it. I love that BYU said, heck with it. We haven't prepared for you, but we're on our way. I mean, before the contract was even officially signed, they kind of agreed to terms, they had to load up their, their equipment truck and send it from Utah to South Carolina uh, to make sure it was there on time for Saturday's game. It was a great football game between two 9-0 teams. I loved it. Uh, these teams really wanted it. It was a chance for them to really make a statement. And I'll be darned if it wasn't Coastal Carolina mm -hmm. that made that statement. Scott, they were picked for last in their division in the Sun Belt, and here they are at 10-0. They're not going to get into a major bowl, I don't think, but what a team, what a, what a great story to come out of this season. And bless both BYU and Coastal for playing the game. Coastal was supposed to play Liberty, which had to cancel due, mm -hmm. due to COVID. That would have been a great game, but BYU stepped up. Good job, Cougars. I'm sorry you lost, but that's why you play the games. And yeah. It was a great game to watch. It's, I watched that one, too. It was phenomenal. And the whole time I couldn't help but thinking, how did Kansas play Coastal Carolina within 15 points to open the year despite all those turnovers at the beginning of the game? It's crazy. By the way, Kansas just has this habit of randomly scheduling non-conference teams that at the time are supposed to be cupcakes and then turn out to be national powerhouses. This is not the first time this has happened, Fitz. It's well, kind of unbelievable. It's nice of them to bless teams that way. <laughs> It's very nice. Well, and now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question this week is, uh, I'm assuming for Fitz, what makes <laughs> this year a success for Kansas State basketball? It is from Dan in Topeka. Well, I tell you what, if 55% of the people are right and they win like four games in the Big 12, I got news for you, that's success. This program is in complete rebuild mode. Complete, from ground up. You have one senior, one real returning veteran. You got three sophomores that are back. It ain't pretty, and it's tough to watch right now, but you see signs of hope. So I guess you have to measure success in your own way because if you want to measure it by wins and losses, it won't be a successful season. But hang in there, fans. It's going to be, uh, there's going to be good moments. They're kind of fun to watch at times, even though they're losing and they lost again on Saturday. You know, Fitz, I think this is an area that Kansas football fans could actually pass along <laughs> some advice for Cape basketball fans. It's not the same. It's not going to be as long a rebuild. As far as I know, Kansas State still has a bunch of scholarship players, so Kansas yep. State is, is still in a, a pretty good place, comparatively speaking. But, yeah, sometimes you just got to enjoy the ride. You look at the talent, the flashes of the young guys, and remind yourself, hey, it's okay. It's you know, okay. now next year there might be a little bit more pressure on, on Bruce Weber. There yep. should be. But, yeah, you, you just can't take this year that harsh. Good. Well, Remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. And now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Let's look at last week's results. The viewers went two and one. I went one and two. Scott went two and one. Uh, and now, uh, look, at the, look at those standings, folks. That is competitive picking right there. We're all below 500, so we're not so good at it, but at least it's a good competition. Here, let's start with Texas minus 31 and a half at Kansas. Game that doesn't really look like it's going to happen. Today. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But I'll take Texas just because they beat K State by more than 31 and a half. I'll take Kansas, and if the game gets canceled, I would like the win for that because that counts as zero points. There we go. Uh, next is Oklahoma State minus three and a half at Baylor. Fitz, I really like Oklahoma State here. I think Baylor's waking up. I will take the Bears. I think that's the hand signal. From hibernation, I, I believe. I, I don't know. Our last game of the week is Oklahoma, the Sooners, minus 12 and a half at West Virginia, the Ears, as they like to call themselves. Man, uh, Oklahoma didn't look very good, but what do you think on this one, Scott? Well, West Virginia let me down last week. I'm going to put my support behind them one more time. We'll see what happens. Give me West Virginia. Wow. Wow. Take you home. I'm loyal. I'm going to go with the Sooners just to be different because <laughs> I like to be different. Again, Make your picks on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Now it's time for our On The Clock segment. On The Clock is sponsored by Carpet One, by Local for a Strong Local Community. And we start with Mr. Scott Chasen and Fog.net, of Fog.net, and there's a reason why he wanted me to bring up my puka necklace. Well, as mentioned at the beginning and, and at the very beginning here, Puka Williams has announced he's headed to the NFL draft. He's going to try and make it in 2021, bringing an end to one of the most exciting and electric, at times complicated, Kansas careers that we've seen around this area in a while. On the field, the talent of Williams was undeniable. Who could forget that game against Oklahoma in 2018? It was Williams' freshman year. He rushed for 252 yards, I believe, 270 from scrimmage. He had three total touchdowns. Oh, by the way, he threw a pass. And look at this tightrope down the sideline, just an absolutely perfect ball. Puka Williams was a two-time first-team All-Big 12 honoree. He's one of the most elusive, uh, for being a smaller running back, strong running backs you've seen. You talk about, you know, pound for pound, he can go up against anyone. He would run over a linebacker. He would try pretty much anyone in the open field. He rushed for 1,000 yards in each of his first two seasons. Now, he was also suspended a couple of times, or he missed one game before his freshman year for an eligibility concern. He was suspended for seven months of team activities in one game following a domestic battery incident going into his second season. Williams returned to the team as a junior. You have to play three years in college. He dealt with an ankle injury. He wasn't himself. He dealt with a bad offensive line, uh, and he dealt with what he said was a family health issue with his mother that caused him to opt out. Now he's off to the NFL to see if he can make it. Teams will have to decide if they want to take a chance on him, if they think he fits within their culture, if they think he fits in what they do. Fitz, we'll see if he makes it, but uh, undeniable, one of the most electric talents Kansas football has had in the last decade. Yeah, he was special. Um, I'll be interested to see if he makes it in the league. Uh, he's a little undersized. What do teams do with that? Mm-hmm. Folks, one of the big things coming up here is whether seniors will opt back in for a second senior year on the football field. We'll be following that at Go Powercat. 
And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.